I said it's alright. 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 Don't you know that just a little talk with Jesus makes it right? It's alright. It's alright. It's alright. It's alright. It's alright. It's alright. Don't you know that just a little talk with Jesus makes it right? It's alright, it's alright, it's alright, it's alright, it's alright, yes we know that just a little talk with Jesus makes it right, it's alright, 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 don't you know that just a little talk with Jesus makes it right, well I may have doubts and It's all right. 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 Yes, we know that just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Do you believe it's all right? It's all right. 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 Yes, we know that just a little talk with Jesus makes it right.
Good morning, sunshine. It is so good to be here this morning with all of you guys. Um, welcome to our campus ministry Sunday. Uh, we're super, super excited. I know there's a lot of college students here that you guys get to meet uh, afterwards at our meal that you may not know. Uh, we have a couple visitors, so make sure you stick around, say hi to them, because they're really, really excited to meet you guys. So this morning, uh, as we do worship, I ask that uh, you guys just help me out. Let's be joyful when we sing. Uh, and also help me out, because I don't want to do a solo. My voice is not that good, and you guys don't want to hear that. So uh, let's sing together this morning. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that I see so many people I love, uh, so many people that care for me, and so many people I care for, God. So thank you for them. Lord, help us to be joyous today uh, as we celebrate your son. Um, and God, just help us to connect uh, today when we have our fellowship meal. Lord, we love you a ton, and we know that if you're a part of this thing, it's going to be very, very, very good, God. So thank you. In your son's name we pray. Amen. You are holy. You are
There you go. Right, you guys sound great. Let's sing out. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul, worship his reading today is from Matthew chapter 13 verses 44 through 46. 
The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. Will you bow with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, we're so very thankful that you gathered us here today. Um, be with Eli and Jacob as they deliver the word, and that we can see the word through your eyes into our everyday lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. You guys may be seated. All right, this one was a request, and I am not the most, I'm not, I'm not the most familiar with the song. So if you guys can sing out and help me out, that would be very appreciated with this one. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him, Christ the Lord. We'll praise His name forever. We'll praise His name forever. my ear and do the thing that I always love to do. We'll, at some point I'll say, ladies, only you sing and it'll be great. You'll love it.
Good morning, guys. <clears throat> My voice is kind of getting raspy this morning, so I'm sorry about that. Um, for most of my life, the idea of family has kind of been like kind of just a weird thing. Um, for a long time, I never found like true refuge within a group of people. Um, it wasn't until I came to Shawnee and found great, meaningful relationships. Um, it was at this point that my relationship with God really took strides and showed real growth. Um, these people consisting of my friends here in intermission and then obviously all of you guys as well. Um, they all share one, one important thing though, and that's when we are in Honduras or Spirit Fest, Winterfest, or here, or sharing, we all share a focused heart for Jesus. We share a great comfort in Jesus. Um, and when we are all together and gathered, he is the head of our table. Um, looking over us as we struggle, as we doubt ourselves and others, while we are thinking we have no worthiness of the great Lord he is. Um, he, but we are reminded in Lamentations 3 that God's faithfulness is not limited by our circumstances or failures. Lamentations 3, 22 to 25 reads, The Lord's love never ends. His mercies never stop. They are new every morning. Lord, your, your loyalty is great. I say to myself, the Lord is mine, so I hope in him. The Lord is good to those who hope in him, to those who seek him. Let this verse, these verses comfort you in knowing that God's mercy is new every day and know that you have a seat at his table where he is the head. Let's pray for the bread, which represents Jesus' body, a beautiful reminder of the amazing sacrifice God made by giving his only son so that may, he may, so we may be blessed with the bread of life that sustains our souls such as physical bread keeps our bodies moving. Let's celebrate our Lord's incredible love for us. Lord, we just come to you in prayer and um, for the cup, um, for the bread um, that represents your body. Um, you, you made the ultimate sacrifice for us so that we um, could be with you one day. Um, and you did that, you did so willingly. We love you and thank you. Amen. Let's focus our attention to the cup, filled with the fruit of the vine, 
representing the blood that was spilled on a cross carried by Jesus himself. Um, the blood is a symbol of sacrifice and love, a sacrifice that was voluntary because of his great love so that our sins could be forgiven and that we could join him in heaven to have a seat at his table there after our physical lives are over. Let's pray for the cup. Lord, we're just going to come to you in prayer and thank you for the great sacrifice that you made for us, the blood that you spilled on our cross um, that you willingly took and carried yourself. Um, you could have came down from that cross or you could have came up called 10,000 angels to, to save you, but you voluntarily and willingly took the, took the price that um, it took for us to join you one day in your heavenly home and um, was so selfless and just so, so great. And you are so deserving of being our Lord. And we love you and thank you for everything you do for us. As we um, take the cup, uh, please allow us to um, kind of just remain focused on you and remember that you're you're perfect and you love us and will, are always with us through our struggles and through our failures. Love you and thank you. Amen. As the deer stands for the waters so my soul longs after me. You alone are my heart's desire and I long to worship thee. You alone are my strength. 
sing this song as the kids are dismissed to class. Uh, let's stand together. Lord, the people praise you. Lift you up and raise you.
Hey, the light on the hill verse. Jacob Bo took it literally. He left his flashlight on his, in all his pocket. So um, if he can do that goofy thing, I guess I can get up here and sound like a fool too. Um, <clears throat> Zane, I'll fix this for you. I know you were complaining about that. And let me make sure this is on here. Cool. All right. Um, I usually start off a little frazzled, so I'm not going to jump in right immediately. <clears throat> I'm going to give myself a minute to adjust and uh, just say thank you for everyone who came out. Um, it means a lot to me that you guys would trust to, to hear me on a Sunday morning talk about uh, Jesus and what he means in my life and what I think he should mean to your all's lives. Not that you guys don't already know that, but... I appreciate you guys having me up here. Um, so I'm going to start off with a prayer, and we'll get moving. God, thank you for this day, and thank you for this church, and thank you for um, the ways that you constantly chase me down, and um, thank you for the people who pretty much volunteered told me to do this um, because it's it's helped my relationship with you. Um, use my thoughts and my time in your word to impact these people. Um, I'm not a scholar and I'm not a preacher, but help me to, to um, at least have some power in your spirit while I'm up here to be influential um, and to show people um, how your great majesty, your wisdom, your power, your incredible um, incomprehensible love, your mercy and your grace. Um, help me to just reflect how, how wonderful you truly are and how you are worth every risk. Um, and, and our faith in you is, <clears throat> is the best we've got. Um, so thank you for this morning. Thank you for this time. And uh, give me your spirit of power and comfort. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So we're talking about the wise men, continuing on with um, how Jamie talked about Herod last week, and next week we're going to go, we're going to jump into Luke and talk about the shepherds. So here we're, this morning we're talking about the wise men, and we're going to use what Scripture tells us about them to um, impact our view of Jesus. So we're in Matthew 2, this is verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. <coughs> All right, going to start off with a little bit of context here. The word Magi, it's a Greek word. Um, it's, a it's a catch-all term. It's, uh, it's used to... to in a lot of ways, uh, sorcerers, they're called magi, uh, dream interpreters, fortune tellers, all these people who were, who were like mystical arts gurus, the kind of, the kind of weird stuff. We, we call it weird stuff. Um, that's, that's what these magi are. And they are from the East. Um, <clears throat> I am not going to use that. Ignore the word prophetic up there. I was going to use it. I decided it was off track. Um, but from a historical standpoint, from the East is a reference to um, where they came from, which is east of Rome, it is um, the Parthian Empire. It's the major rivaling empire of Rome at this time. They're the ones who overthrew Babylon and Assyria. 
um, which is relevant whenever we start to think about who these magi are. They're likely um, Jews or, well, they're not likely Jews, but they're likely at least Jewishly influenced. They're likely um, people who have been, although they are uh, some other religion, the Parthian is, uh, the Parthian Empire is dominated by a different religion. They're at least um, a melting pot nation with Jewish influence. So they have at least heard some Hebrew scripture. They at least know the story of the coming Messiah from a Jewish, um, from a Jewish standpoint. So moving on, these are the same verses, but now I'm going to highlight um, where is he who has been born king of the Jews. So this is the question the Magi ask Herod, the king of Judea, the client king of Judea. They say, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? <clears throat> I want to, um, this, is, this is the point that I want to highlight, not from a, this, this is the point where I'd like to be preachery at. So, so dial in um, to what I'm saying here. Whenever um, they say, who has been born king of the Jews? I, I, think this is, I think this is such a cool point. Because whenever we see Jesus at his most vulnerable, he's just a baby. He's already got all the power. Um, as soon as he steps onto the scene, there's no rival to him. No one can match his wisdom. No one can match his power. No one can match his authority, his sovereignty. When he shows up, he's the king, plain and simple. Herod, who has worked very hard to, to become king, these chief priests, these scribes who have worked their whole life to, to um, obtain their power and their influence, it's got nothing on Jesus. He's, uh, he shows up and... and uh, and he's, he's the dominant one. He's the great one. And I think, I think that's just cool that they, they're starting to understand who this, who this baby really could be. And then the, the second point, uh, king of the Jews. This is not a compliment in the ancient world. The Jews are pretty much the wimpiest nation in the last 400, 500 years. Um, they're the ones who got overthrown by Assyria. They're the ones who got overthrown by Babylon. And now they're still under Roman influence. Um, and then even after the king and Ezra, I don't, or yeah, the king and Ezra, I don't remember which king it was. Maybe Cyrus said, hey, you can go back to your nation, rebuild your walls, all that stuff. Even then, some of them stayed. Some of them stayed out in their ex exiled nations. They're scattered people. They're an enslaved people. They're an oppressed people. They pay taxes to the government. I mean, they're, they're the wimpiest of the wimpy. But Jesus chooses and, and I, th I think this should affect us. Jesus chooses to be the king of the marginalized. Jesus chooses to be king of the wimpy, of the weak. He chooses to be king of me. Um, and he chooses to be king of you. Um, the Magi have come to worship him. Oh, yes. So ignore the tears. <clears throat> the Magi have come to worship him. So, yeah, they're starting to get it. Their, their, um, their wisdom is that they have the faith to move. We, I mentioned earlier they were um, from the east. So uh, Bo had mentioned it could have been like up to 1,000 miles. I didn't research that part, but it, Bo, Bo said it could have been like up to 1,000 miles they traveled. The wisdom of the Magi to recognize what it meant that Jesus the Messiah, or that the child, this child, the Messiah was here, and that they would have the faith to take a risk for him. Um, at this moment, Bethlehem, where Jesus is born, we know this, is it's either six miles south or six miles north of Jerusalem. I remember it's six miles away from Jerusalem. We can walk, we can walk that, we can definitely drive that. That's not a hard 
track for us. And, it, and, and even in the ancient world, six miles isn't a lot. I mean, they, they walked much more than we do. But the scribes, the, um, the king, the chief priests, the, the inverted Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem, has Jesus right under their nose, and they, they're not interested. They're, <clears throat> they're, um, they're indifferent to it, while, while the Magi are making this huge track, this huge, this huge movement of faith and sacrifice. So it's cool to see why, why maybe they're called the wise men. So when Herod, yeah, I actually was supposed to present that later, so you're welcome. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And gathering together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. This, that's from uh, Micah. They're quoting Micah 5, 2, and 4 when they say that, or in the next verses. But I wanted to point out Herod's troubled heart, um, Jerusalem's troubled heart with him. And I wanted to highlight what Jerusalem has become. So Herod, he's likely troubled for a variety of reasons. One, um, this is a Parthian caravan. It could be that he's just uh, worried that they showed up, that these wise men showed up there. They could be intimidating. I, I mean, they could. But more so, it's a say into, and, and he wants to keep the peace and keep his power and his security. But more so, it's a say into how corrupt he's become. He is the king of the Jews, but he is not awaiting the Messiah. He is concerned with um, keeping his own power, keeping his own security, and <clears throat> so so that's why he's troubled here. Is he he doesn't want to be overthrown by this new king. Jerusalem's trouble is likely the same as Herod's, and then also it's compounded by the fact that Herod was a paranoid maniac. So they're probably troubled because. I mean, we can read about 10 verses later, we see Herod starts killing babies, which is horrible. Um, so that so their trouble is rightly so. But then they're also probably troubled because although Jerusalem was meant to be the ancient city <coughs> of God's people, where the Levites and the, the temple was and the chief priests and all these, all these important political and religious figures were, um, and it was meant to be the, the, the city on the hill that Jesus talks about. Um, they've not become that. They've, they've been inverted. They've, they've sacrificed their role in God's plan for their own purposes, for their own self-interests. And so <clears throat> their trouble is a reflection of the poor state of humanity at this point. Even the best, quote-unquote, have fallen. So the story continues. So Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. This is... Um, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me so that I may too come and worship him. Um, I wanted to highlight that <clears throat> I actually kind of already spoke on this earlier when I mentioned Herod, the chief priests, and the um, scribes. But I wanted to highlight the difference between the Jewish and the Gentile response to Jesus. Um, and I also wanted to highlight the scriptural evidence for the Magi's dedication. I mentioned this already. Um, determined the exact time the star appeared. If Herod decided to kill all the babies that were two or less, it's likely that Jesus is almost two years old already. Um, he, some people say he could just be a few weeks. This is certainly after the shepherds in Luke 2, but or maybe Luke 3, whatever it is. But he, um, or maybe Luke 1. But this is certainly after that time. 
So he's already appeared to the Jews. Now he's appearing to the Gentiles, the Magi. But the fact that Herod decides to kill all the babies, two or less, could, could scholars assume scholars assume it could mean Jesus is already a year and a half years old, 18 months, um, things like that. So, so this points to the distance in the amount of sacrifice the Magi made to come see Jesus. Wrong way. Yeah, so if they had to determine the exact time the star appeared and it was this, this long journey, this huge sacrifice for them, that, that explains why Herod killed everybody, two or less. So it's cool to see how dedicated the Magi are. They leave their own nation um, and travel probably across a pretty big desert, come to Jerusalem expecting to find the king, and then they still are in the wrong spot. So they travel down or up, whatever it was, like I said, to, to see the king. So they're highly dedicated. Um, their, faith, their faith is not just a word. Their faith is an action. And Herod, the chief priest, and the scribes, which are, which are just scholars, um, the scribes are, they, they're uninterested in Jesus. And this, this is another point I wanted to sit in for just, just a moment. <clears throat> this, this is a challenge to me to see the religiously elite um, be uninterested in Jesus and then see the religiously poor, the, the ones without faith in Jesus at all, um, be the ones who are making the long journey, the big sacrifice for Jesus. Because I'm the religiously elite. Um, I know my scripture. I've been taught how to pray. I go to church. I am, um, in, in the ancient world, I would be, I'd probably be a scribe. Like, like I like that stuff. And uh, to see them have Jesus right under their nose, to know the scripture the way they do, to know whenever they're asked, yeah, he's in Bethlehem, obviously. Don't you know the scripture, like the back of your hand, like I do? To see their just general disinterest and probably, um, they're probably anticipating to actually uh, fight Jesus. They're actually probably anticipating this. To see them like that is a big challenge to me. Um, and I hope, I hope it can challenge you too, to, to know that your... Um, relationship with God is not dependent on being theologically sound or re religiously correct or um, your following of the law, but your, your relationship with Jesus is, is only, only dependent on your faith and, um, and how that faith moves you. After hearing the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star, which they had seen in the east, went on ahead of them until it came to a stop over the place where the child was to be found. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And after they came into the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. <clears throat> Once again, kind of jumped ahead, but the challenge... What determines closeness with God in your life? What determines closeness with God in my life? Is it, is it that we know scripture? Is it that we, that we show up to church at the right time? Is it that we follow religious doctrine? D does that determine our relationship with Jesus? I would argue that it doesn't based off this story. I would argue that your relationship with Jesus is, a res is, is determined by what are you willing to risk? What are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to lay down to follow him, to be close with him, to meet him in prayer, to meet him in scripture. 
um, is Jesus worth the risk? Well, we see the people who, who take the risk, they're worshiping, they're rejoicing with great joy, exceedingly worshiping with great joy. Um, apparently, to the Magi, Jesus was worth the risk. They, he was worth a potential year-and-a-half journey. He was worth leaving their families, um, leaving, he was worth leaving their country and traveling an unknown. They just followed a star. It says the star, le- it says the star led them out. It, it almost sounds like the star is moving the way Matthew writes it. It's really interesting. But um, they just followed a star. They didn't know where they were going to end up. They were just walking, walking, walking as a result of their faith that something might be at the end of this. Something good might be at the end of this. And, and they were right. Something, the best something was at the end. It was Jesus. And he is worth the risk. Um, and then the third challenge, worshiping Jesus with everything, um, with your life, not, not just with your voice, with, if you clap, whatever, but with, with the actual, your faith that moves you, the faith that, that calls you to put down everything in your life to chase after him. Sacri- sacrificing even your finances, they fa- sacrificed some pretty incredible gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So the challenge that I'd like to present to us this morning uh, is those three things. And uh, now it's time for Jacob. All right, so I'm really sorry you guys have to still listen to me. There's, it's a little too much Jacob Bow for anybody in one day. I'm sorry. But we're going to go right into what Eli was saying. Eli, great job. I know you. I knew you'd do that. Uh, so falling, that's going to be hard. But so with us, right, it's time for application for us. And we think about these magi. One of the biggest points that we have to see in all of this that the wise men knew that they were going after something good, but they could have never known how good. I mean, there's no way. And like Eli was saying, these guys are coming from a foreign country who's just at the very best Jewishly influenced. At the worst, maybe they are just people who, almost like conspiracy theorists, who love hearing all these prophecies from different religions and different regions. And surely they knew what Daniel said, and I believe Daniel chapter 9, about the Son of Man is coming, and all these prophecies through Isaiah and Jeremiah. But there's a chance it wasn't even really their religion at all. They were maybe skeptical at best. And when they see this thing happen, like Eli said, they rejoice and they're so excited about it and they chase it down and they take this long journey. But there's no shot these guys are showing up thinking, wow, we're going to see God born in the form of human flesh as a baby. They're not expecting that. They're like, hey, well, they said something's good at the end of this. And so they're going to chase it down. Um, But the thing is, for me, it's, it's pursuit. It's God's pursuit of the Gentiles, of us, of his people. And in God, he works in so many ways. Pursuit is defined basically as chasing after something with the goal to acquire it. And that's what Jesus is trying to do. That's what God's trying to do with this whole story of him being born as a baby here on this earth. He's saying, I'm chasing you down to try to acquire you. I'm not, I'm not showing up just to show how good I am. That's definitely part of it. He's showing how great he is, but he's showing up to try to acquire us. And leading into us, what, part of the challenge for us, and this is at me, this is not me talking at you saying we're bad, we're bad, that stuff gets tiring. <clears throat> but one of the hardest things for me in, in my life is knowing that God can put the perfect person in front of me, the perfect opportunity in front of me, the perfect thing in front of me, and I will reject it every single time. The wise men don't do that. The star shows up, and they're like, dude, let's go get this thing. Let's 
go and get it. We don't even know what it is, but let's go get it. We know it's good, but I don't do that <laughs> very often. And I think there's a couple reasons why. One, instant gratification. Man, we are impatient. I am impatient. Uh, I've been told all my life, um, you know, Eli talks about the religiously elite, and I, I grew up in in churches uh, since the time I was born, and, and I was always the kid where I'd go to school and tell people, yeah, I go to I go to church on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. And they're like, what? You, what? I mean, I, I, I would be defined just like Eli says, those religiously elite. And I know the promises. I know the verses. But I don't have it right now. Or at least I don't think I have it right now. So I panic. I'm like, man, th- I, this doesn't feel good. I have to struggle a little bit. You're saying I have to be patient. You're saying I have to this. I have to work at this. I have to sit in this. Instant gratification is hard. Fear disappointment. It's a big one for me, and I know for a lot of you guys, you know, thinking, man, how could I take a journey like this, like the wise men? Because the whole time I'm going to be worried, what if I didn't do all this work? I'm patient. I do all this stuff, and at the end, I'm disappointed. I'm let down. I'm the one that didn't get mine. And I live in that one so much. But unworthiness, that's one of the biggest ones I've seen in, you know, being part of campus ministry, talking to other students. Everyone just feels so unworthy of all of it. And the truth is, you are unworthy. I mean, God coming down, the the one who put the stars in the sky would come down for you to die for us. Yeah, of course, we're unworthy of that. But man, we have a God. You are worthy because I said you're worthy, not because you are. Um, It's a big deal. And this road is hard. Man, that talking about what the wise men do did, but if you talk about that metaphorically in our lives, yeah, that's a hard journey to make, that we would be patient, that we would sit, that we would go through trials, and we would wait and be patient. Yeah, it's really hard, but imagine if we all just breathed, had a little bit of peace, and just trusted that things were going to be good because our God is a good God. Imagine if we just had a little bit of peace and hung on for a little bit. Because the truth is that so often we are looking for blessings. We're looking for the blessings. But really, a lot of times, the blessing's looking for us. The blessing is pursuing us, chasing us down. But we can't see it because of all that other stuff in our lives. If we would just wait. I, I didn't plan on saying this, but I thought about this um, while Eli was talking. I remember... Spirit Fest two or three years ago, there was a student um, who was with us. Her name was Ida. And when Ida showed up to Illuminate one random Sunday, uh, one random Tuesday night at Illuminate, you know, I sat beside her and she explained to me that she was from Tunisia and she was a Muslim, but she just was looking for something to do on a Tuesday night and was just interested in hanging out with people. And I remember specifically saying, I want to learn about American culture. So what better thing to do than go to a religious event? So um, she ended up loving it. She hung out in her mission. I remember there was even sometimes, um, you know, I'd be sitting beside her at Illuminate, and during, uh, during the lesson, she would Google things like, where is Noah in the Quran? Where is this in the Quran? And it's, uh, it's amazing. She's just sitting there loving it, enjoying it. Well, she goes to Spirit Fest with us. She goes to intermission with us. And at Spirit Fest, I remember we had this small group, maybe 10 of us with Jamie. And Jamie had us read this verse. And then think about it for a while. And then Jamie kind of went, went around and said, hey, you know, tell me what you think about this. And it got to Ida. And Ida asked Jamie a sincere question. She really meant, she wasn't sure. She said, Jamie, um, so this Jesus guy, he, he suffered a lot, didn't he? Jamie's like, yeah, he, he did. And Ida goes, wow, man. And because of all that suffering and that sacrifice, 2,000 years later, I get to sit here and enjoy this with you guys. <laughs> 
a Muslim, not a United States Christian who was born into this stuff. And I sat there, man, I cried thinking, dude, I've been in church my whole life and I haven't seen that. I've never even, that thought is such a basic thought. And a Muslim is here kicking my butt spiritually. Wow. How crazy. It's, and it's never left my mind. And, you know, Ida did some awesome things. She was awesome. She went back uh, to our home. We need, to, we need to make a trip to, to Africa. That'd be sweet. Um, yeah, it gives me emotional, me thinking about it. How crazy is that? And that shows God's faithfulness for his people, that he would pursue her through all of that. And suddenly just she's just that spiritual us, and she gets it. And I don't get it. And I, sorry, a lot of times we don't get it. Jesus has a parable called, um, you know, the treasure hidden in the field, and it goes something like, uh, there was a treasure buried in a field, and when a man stumbled upon it, he buried it. He, he didn't bury it. He uncovered it. He dug it up, and when he opened it up, he saw how valuable the treasure was, and it was so valuable that he left it there. He buried it back so no one would find it. He runs back. He sells everything that he owns so he can go back and buy the field. Man, if we actually knew, and we can sit here and we can say that we know how big of a deal this is, how big the birth of Jesus is, how big the death of Jesus is, how big our Bible is, how big all this is. But in reality, if we actually knew how big it is, man, we'd sell everything. And that's just not just possessions. Man, that's our dreams. That's your job. That's your family, your house, your hometown. You would sell everything you had. But here's the thing. We can't earn it. You are never going to earn this thing. But we have a God that's so good that says, man, I know you can't do this thing, right? But you can have it. Come get it. Just like the wise men. Hey, here's the star. I'm not going to force you to go. And you're not earning this star. You're not earning this baby. Man, you know this is a good thing. So come get it. So if we could focus for a little bit on how good this thing is, what we're being offered, how unworthy but worthy we are of it. If we could just decide, man, I'm going to chase this down, sell everything. God's saying, hey, you can just have it. You don't have to earn this thing. You can just have it. Come get it. Pursuit's a struggle. Pursuit's a sacrifice. It's going to cost us something. Just like the wise men, that journey was probably hard. And they were probably rich, and they probably weren't old, frail men like we think of in our uh, nativity scenes. But still, traveling that far in first century Middle East is dangerous, it's hard, it's taxing. And today, man, we selling ourselves, picking up our, cry, picking up our cross and following Christ is hard. It's a sacrifice. But this is a big deal. Philippians 2.6 says, Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. We're talking about big things here. We're talking about God not taking advantage of the fact that he's God to come down to the earth to his most vulnerable state, a baby. I, I work in a preschool. I know babies are they're pathetic. <laughs> like they're, they're babies. And God, the one who put the stars in the sky, comes down as a baby, not to use it as his own advantage. So what's the calling today? Isaiah 40.31 but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Psalms 46, 10, Be still and know that I am God. We know. 
we all know that there's something really, really good waiting for us. So let's take a risk. Let's walk blindly. Let's walk after this thing. Let's sell what we have because we have a God who's a good God that's going to take care of us in that journey because God is a transformative force. He's a big deal. And I'm not worthy of taking that journey. I'm not tough enough to take that journey. I'm not spiritual enough to take that journey. I'm not patient enough. I'm not kind enough. I'm not any of these things enough. But God's a transformative force. And you look at so many stories in the Bible where people tapped into God, trusted, made this thing, and he made them so new, made them so much better. The good qualities of himself he made better. The bad qualities he took down. If you take this journey with God, it's going to be hard. It's going to be long. It's going to be difficult. But you have a good God who's graceful, who's going to pursue you through the whole thing. What a fun relationship to pursue after something that's pursuing you. How fun is that? So this morning, um, if you're struggling with any of this, um, I've said it a lot of times, your God is a good God. So hold on tight because this thing is going to be fun. And imagine if we had this much faith. If you're struggling with anything today, um, you're welcome to come up front. One of our elders or Jamie or someone will pray with you. Uh, They'll be in contact with you. I know that this church is a very kind gracious church. Um, I've seen it myself. And uh, if you're ready to take the next step, if you have not been baptized, we have a baptistry right here. We can take that step today with you. Um, So let's pray, and then we'll get into some worship. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for these people, Lord. Thank you for Eli, uh, for sharing all the knowledge that he has with us, Lord. Uh, God, I pray that um, you be with campus ministry, um, and just let these people know how thankful we are for how much they do for campus ministry. God, be with us as we uh, spend the rest of the day together. Help us to love each other well. Help us to take some risks that, man, if we're with you, God, that everything is going to be okay because you are there with us. God, thank you for being who you are and being the creator of the universe. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand. We shall assemble on the mountain. We shall assemble at the quickly i'm not speaking for long sorry hey um so what you uh
What you need to hear for everybody here besides the guys in the front couple of rows is um, thank you for opportunity to share life with these guys. I am I'm so blessed for that, for them. I need you to know that they are exactly what you see up here, but what you don't know is that the girls are as, at least as strong and real as the boys. And in situations like this, religiously, um, our ladies don't always get honored, and I'm sorry for that. Maybe we can do a better job of that in the future. But these ladies are amazing. And, and one more thing that, uh, you know, it's Christmas break. That's just fair to say, if you count these guys, and I didn't count them, there's probably three or four for everyone that's here that, f that fellowship with us. I say that only for this. What you do matters. The, 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 the words that we're told are that the churches in the United States, the average church is like 72. So you do a little bit of work. God is doing a good thing through uh, this group and through you all at, um, at Shawnee State University. Now, a little fact check. They do on uh, you know ESPN or something like that. They have pardon the interruption stuff. A little fact check at the end. But you're, Bo, Bo, you're not allowed to say B U T T in church. You can't say B U T T in church, bro. He said never mind. Um, Jacob Bo, back to back to you said that the yeah Ida and yeah the the yeah from Tunisia the kicking my, um, but she did. She came there and it was very moving. By the way, about about. Ida and her family. Her dad contacted us. And because of the movement in those days asked us if we ever wanted to go to Tunisia and do a mission trip that they would house us to come and spend time with them. How amazing is that? That's cool. Eli, um, God has no, he was born, and at the moment he was born, he had no rival. King of everything and you and me. That's moving, man. Wow. I just want to thank you all for being here. Thank you all for all of your support. God is really good in you. I just wanted to share for a moment. Thank you guys for your day. Make Zane a little more comfortable here this morning. It's, uh... Well, good morning, everyone. Good to see you guys here this morning. Um, we're so thankful that uh, that you all are here, and uh, it's a good day. Um, I look out there and I see all kinds of smiling faces. If you're visiting with us, we sure are thankful that you're here. And for uh, for all of you that are visiting with us, um, Jamie mentioned a little bit about uh, the group that meets down at Intermission on Shawnee at Shawnee, but. Uh, we like to think here at Sunshine that, uh, that you guys are ours, so um, we appreciate you guys. We know that there's a lot of great, uh, a great, great young ladies and some fine young men um, down there, and uh, it's like Jamie said, Jamie doesn't like to brag about numbers or anything like that, but I will, so, um, but on a, weekly, on a weekly basis, for those of you who don't know, um, there's anywhere between 70 and 80 kids that go through um, the campus ministry building down there, and uh, we're really thankful for that. We're thankful for uh, what God has provided us with, um, a place that, uh, that these guys can go and meet. And like I said, we're just really proud and thankful for all of you guys. And I know that a lot of you are up here, but there's also some of you scattered out there. Um, but we're really proud of you guys and uh, thankful that you guys uh, call us or, or associate with us anyway. So. Um, but anyway, uh, it's just a good day. And also, uh, this is what we, we're calling our Intermission Sunday, but 
Also, if you're visiting here with us today, it's a great day to visit because we're eating afterwards. So um, if you're here with us, we really want you all to stay, whether you brought food or didn't bring food. Um, we really want to spend time with you guys. We talked uh, a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, in, in our evening class here in the auditorium about being in community with each other. And part of eating, our eating is part of being in community with each other. So we want you guys to stay uh, and, and fellowship with us and have fun. Um, it's just always good um, to be able to sit around a table and, uh, and, and talk with each other. So um, if you didn't get a chance, make sure you pick up a bulletin on your way out. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of information in there. I'll highlight some of it. Um, on our prayer request, I don't have anything new to add to that. Um, just some updates um, and some praise updates, which is which is great news. Um, Travis Gamp, you, uh, he's been in our in our on our prayer list for oh I don't know a month or two months. Fell out of a tree stand here. A lot of us know him. Um, he was able to come back to work a little bit this week, um, kind of on a limited basis, and uh, just uh, just spend a few hours with us, which was really great. He goes back on January the, I'm sorry, December the 18th for his follow-up to see how his back's healing. If you've seen him out and about, which he hasn't been out and about much, he has this, we, we were teasing him at work about having a, he looked like a turtle because he's got this clam shell on. We were told him we were going to paint it uh, and make it look like a tortoise shell, but, um, but he's doing good. Um, just pray for, uh, pray for continued healing in his back. Um, there's still a chance that, that he'll have to have some... Uh, some some joints fused together there, but uh, we know that anything's possible with God. So continue to pray for him. Um, I saw an update, and I heard an update this week on Lila Napier. Um, she's still making strides. Um, she was able to stand on her own this week and able to do some other fine motor uh, type things. So that's definitely an answered prayer. Continue to remember her. And then also, I can't remember whether it was this week or last week, I read or saw or something that Cheryl posted that Mark uh, Villinger, they think, is in remission from his cancer. So that uh, also is an answered prayer. So continue to remember all of those. Also, I know um, that you're out there, um, some that have lost loved ones and some that are suffering with sickness. Um, just know that we uh, love you guys and we're praying for you guys. And, uh, and uh, we want healing and comfort for all of you as well. So... Um, Rich touched on it last week. Uh, uh, we found out right before worship last week that, uh, that Sam and Shelby Williams had their little baby boy, um, Samuel Paul Williams. He was born de December the 1st. Rich didn't have it, much of the information, but um, they are home and doing well, and the baby weighed eight pounds and three ounces. So I'm sure that we'll see them here soon, so that'll be a good day um, whenever we see them here. Um, the, uh, if you ordered or if you put your name on the list for a hard copy of the, of the picture directory, um, those are in. You can see Garris or Caitlin, um, and they'll make sure that you guys get those. Um, there's a ladies' craft night coming up uh, December the 19th from 6 to 7.30 here at the building. Uh, if you'd like more information, see Kira Deacon, um, and she'll give you that information. I know that there's also a post on, on the church's uh, Facebook uh, group uh, for that, so I'm sure that you can find some information on that. Um, there's a girls' lock-in coming up January 12th and 13th, so remember that. Uh, 
there's also a baby shower for Kira Deacon scheduled for uh, January 6th here uh, at the building at 1 o'clock. Um, you can see Michaela Miller if you have questions on that. That'll be here at the building January the 6th. Um, and then also um, our, our kids, our young ones that we send to children's Bible time for the last oh, three or four or five weeks have been working on a special part of a program for, uh, for uh, Christmas Eve morning here at worship. Um, and so they're going to be doing that. They're going to be helping Jamie uh, tell the story of Jesus a little bit. Um, and uh, it's going to be really cute. They've got a song or two to sing and some different things. So make sure and plan on being here for that. Um, I know Jamie could probably use all the help that he needs any he could get anyway. So, um, And then also, uh, we wanted to make you aware that uh, Sunday, that, that, that morning, this Christmas Eve morning, um, when we have worship here at our regular time, that will be the only worship or Bible study that we have here at the church building that day. So we will, will not be having evening uh, Bible study or worship here at the building that day. So. And then all, my, the last thing I want to mention is uh, the December item for Midwestern Children's Home is uh, crackers. So we'll be collecting those back in the back as well. So um, if you would, stand with me. We're going to use this uh, closing prayer also as a blessing for the food. Yes. Yeah. So um, we'll use this prayer as a, as a blessing for the food, and then uh, the guys say that it should be about ready over there. So we'll get five minutes, he says. I just saw him. He's either saying hi or five minutes. I think it's five minutes. So, um, so in about five minutes, we'll get started. Um, just remember, we'll get started with what I like to call our joy group, our just older youth. Um, we'll be first in line, and uh, then we'll then everybody else can fill in behind them, okay? So... Um, let's pray. God, it truly is good to be here this morning. Thank you for loving us the way that you do. Thank you for providing for us the way that you do. Dear Lord, uh, it's just good to be with your people this morning, uh, to be able to gather around the table, dear Lord, to hear these young men uh, speak your word um, is just awesome. It's amazing. Um, dear Lord, we're so thankful for this group, um, this group, the past group, all the people that are associated and have been associated with uh, the campus down at Shawnee State. Dear Lord, we're thankful for their hearts, for their lives, for um, their dedication, and for their service to you. And dear Lord, this morning, um, as we're reminded of the blessings that you give us, we're, we're thankful for the blessing of this food that we're going to partake of together. 
Dear Lord, I pray until the next time that we have the opportunity that it nourishes our bodies, that it keeps us strong, dear Lord. But most of all, dear Lord, I pray that we never forget the love that you have for us. Dear Lord, the love that you've shown us through your son, Jesus. Um, dear Lord, through, through the pain and, and agony that he suffered, dear Lord, but the great gift and the, um, the, the, the path that he's shown us to eternal salvation with you, we can never be thankful enough. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Over all the earth, you reign on high.